So, God told you to write a book. Now what? Hi, I'm Wendy Jo Serna, author, narrator, wife, and mother. I've written and published two novels thus far without really having any clue what I was doing. All I knew for sure was that I had heard from the Lord that I was to write a book. Beyond that, it was all just one grand adventure of faith and a lot of work. And along the way, I learned a few things, things I'd like to share with you. If I can do this, you can do this. You can write your book. Hey, if the author and finisher of all things told you to do it, he believes that you can. And so do I. So come on. Let's write. Hello, authors, and welcome back to So God Told You to Write a Book. Now what? I'm your host, Wendy Jo Serna, and we are on episode 15. It's the last episode wrapping up this season of what might possibly be the only season. <laughs> I'm not quite sure yet. But it's been a journey about writing my latest book, Soulbach in a Tale of Generations. And I think the last thing that I really need to touch on is the whole marketing aspect. The thing that happens after the book is all done and you think you've done all your work. And actually, there's a whole nother segment of work that has just begun. And it is an ongoing thing. My first book was released in December of 2017, and I'm still marketing that book. I don't think you ever really stop. It's sort of like parenting. But I'm going to talk about some practical aspects about marketing, the things I've learned along the way. I'm certainly not a genius at it or an expert at it, but I just keep plugging away. I was listening to an interview by one of my favorite authors, Jan Karen, who's in her 80s now, I think. She wrote the Mitford series and uh, amongst other things. And um, she was receiving some big award from the book industry. And they were asking about how did your books become so well known and how, how did you market them? And she said, honestly, what she did was she just, she said, I just kept putting myself out there in front of people. I think the challenge is what most of us authors are not super extroverted people. And so sitting behind a computer and writing all day is kind of our sweet spot. <laughs> With, even now I'm talking to people that I don't really see. So then when it comes to marketing, now you suddenly have to be out in front of people, talking to people and promoting yourself and your product. So we're going to talk about that. But before I do, I want to just say a little bit of something um, about books in general. And I think checking your own motives about why you're writing your book. I know there are people who are writing books and they are intent upon making money and they do. And there's lots of different ways that you can go about that. And there's um, groups on Facebook and seminars you can take and, and you can, you can do it. You can crank out a lot of books and you can make a lot of money and that's all well and good. And um, as it should be, I think it's an artistic venture that is designed for people to buy. But then there's other motives behind it of, well, you know, what is it really all about? And do I just want, I want my voice to be heard? Yeah. I want my story to be told. Yeah. I want to impact people and leave something for generations behind me. Yeah. I don't know what it is for you. For me, it's a little bit of all of those things. I went down to the beach the other night and just had a little picnic dinner by myself. My husband was at some meetings and I was sitting there and I thought, gosh, I really should have brought a book uh, to just 
you know, enjoy the evening. It was a lovely summer night. And I turned around and saw, oh, there's a little free library right here at the park. Isn't that lovely? So I went over, looked through the books, and there was a skinny little book in there. And I pulled it out, and it's called Interior Castles. And it's by Teresa of Avila. Now, I'd heard the name. I know just a tiny bit about her that she was a nun back in the 1500s in Spain, and that she was quite a mystic. And I know that I knew that there were writings that she had put out um, of various types, but I'd never read any. So I thought, oh, perfect. I'm going to take this out and just peruse it as I sit here and enjoy the evening. And as I was opening it up and reading some of the preface and introduction, I realized, okay, this book was written in 1577. <laughs> That's a very long time ago, what, 450 years ago. And here I am sitting in Bellevue, Washington in the year 2023, and I'm reading the thoughts of Teresa of Avila, a nun in a convent in Spain in the 1500s. That is an astonishing thought, that that's the power of books. When we write things down, they can preserve and go places that we would never go and meet people that we will never meet. And it may not even be in the immediate times or decades following when we've written it. It might be 450 years later. <laughs> I mean, that's sort of long range, but you know that there are books out there that, that I've read, you know, you read Charles Dickens or you you read Cervantes or books that are written hundreds of years ago and they still they still speak to us in this day and that's an amazing thing so marketing you have your short term goals and then there's the long term goal of just get it out there and just keep putting it in front of people however you can and let it go and let it have as it were a life of its own i was thinking about just even the gospel you know the marketing plan of of god with the gospel of Jesus Christ is a pretty basic marketing plan. Like, all right, I'm going to get 12 guys around me, one of whom is not going to turn out so well. So I got 11, we'll get a replacement, all of that. And a few hundred others. We'll let them be the marketers of, of this message of a completely different way of interacting and relating to God. But honestly, even in the Old Testament, it really was the plan to perpetuate faith among, uh, across the generations and across the different ethnicities and tribes of the world was to have a special people, a chosen people who would, who would, as it were, be leaven in the culture and society and let the leaven go out and cause things to change and multiply. And I was looking in Psalms, Psalm 22, at the last, the last two verses, 30 and 31, it says, their descendants will serve him. The next generation will be told about the Lord. They will come and declare his righteousness to a people yet to be born. They will declare what he has done. That's pretty interesting to me. This is King David or one of the psalmists thousands of years ago writing this. And it is held true that one generation told the next generation, declared the works of the Lord to the next generation, and has perpetuated across the most ridiculous times and circumstances that anyone could imagine, and yet it, has, yet it is still preserved and there is still faith on the planet, as one generation declares to a people yet to be born even what God has done. So there's, you know, God has long-term marketing plans too with, with his truth and his righteousness and his love to be perpetuated throughout the earth. So there's just some kind of big, broad 
<laughs> Let's think about that for a moment. Ideas about putting something out there and letting letting it go and have a life of its own. Okay, it's August in Seattle, and so the blue angels are flying overhead. <laughs> so if you hear some really strong rumblings during this podcast, um, that's them. It's always they're always very fun and entertaining. Love to watch them. Okay, marketing back to that. Whew, squirrel. So. I would say things that I have learned about marketing. There are a lot of avenues available to you in today's world that are free marketing. Social media is one of them. I know some people have a a lot of distaste for social media, and I understand that as well, but it also has a big upside in that you can put your product out there to people uh, in a way that doesn't cost you anything, and it can go across, across a lot of different spheres of influence, uh, just based on the people you know, who know people, who know people, who know people, right? I would recommend getting yourself an Instagram page that is just for your books or just for you as as a, not a personal page, but a business page. I would do that on uh, Facebook as well. If you're on Facebook, get yourself an author page, set it up separately as a business page, and then that's something that you can refer people to. Now, you do have to put posts up there posts about about your books, what where you are in your progress and uh, when that's coming out or launching or special deals you have, you know, but also just things about yourself. I wouldn't make it completely all about your books or whatever you're doing, but intersperse it with who you are because people connect with you personally and they want to know a little bit about you. No, I wouldn't say, you know, put your whole life out there and overshare like is the tendency of some, but that's just my opinion on all that. You can also get yourself a Pinterest author page. And there's a very dynamic way of making that grow as well. I dabbled in that a little bit. I don't have a super big Pinterest page because it takes a lot of posting and putting up uh, stuff all the time. And I'm not super great at it, but it's there. Another thing uh, that I do, and this this will cost a little bit of money, but it's, it's a pretty uh, cost-effective form of marketing. If you go to goodreads.com, I was on Goodreads for a lot of years just as a reader. It's a place where I catalog the books that I've read, the books that I want to read, and I, you know, I put my ratings on them of how much I like them or not. You can put reviews and all that, but mostly for me, it's just a personal keeping a track of what have I read and did I like it? And, you know, if you read a lot of books, sometimes it all gets sort of lost in the shuffle of that. So for me, it's just been a way of cataloging all of my reading and that sort of thing. But as an author, you can go into Goodreads and you can have a dashboard as just an author with your books on it. You can do promotions through Goodreads. I have done giveaways on Goodreads when my books are launching. And for about $100, you can give away 100 Kindle editions of your book. Now people have to sign up for it. And when they sign up for Uh, entering the giveaway, your book automatically goes on their want to read list personally. And then a hundred of them will actually get an ebook version of your book to read. A lot of those readers see that as when they get that free book, they it's, it's not an obligation at all whatsoever. But a lot of people who get the free books say, all right, I will give you a review in exchange for the free book. So you get some reviews on your Goodreads author dashboard, which helps people to find your book and to see if they want to read your book and all those sorts of things. 
asking people to put reviews on Goodreads or reviews on Amazon is also super helpful. They, of course, those big sites have algorithms about who gets what kind of attention. And when you reach above like 50 reviews, no matter what the reviews are, (laughs) good, bad, or indifferent, that you get bumped into a different category of notice that is given about your product. So asking people for reviews, I know it's uncomfortable sometimes, but people just don't honestly think about how really valuable it is to you as an author to at the very least rate it and if possible, give you a review. It's actually really, really helpful to you. I think it's also important that if you're going to put a book out, put it out in as many different mediums as you can, because readers are picky about how how they like to read. Some people only want to pick up a book, a paperback, a hard copy, some people really prefer the ebooks uh, that they just don't even want to pick up a paperback anymore. And then there's some who definitely prefer to listen on audiobooks. So if your book is available on all three of those different mediums, you broaden the spectrum of who will actually spend time and money on your book because it's the way that they prefer to ingest books. So I'd recommend doing as many of those as possible. If you want to get your book into bookstores and not just on Amazon, Amazon does not have a way for wholesale buyers to buy through that platform because there is no return policy through Amazon. So booksellers um, are not fond of that. They, They want and need a return policy. So if you want to do that, I think we've talked about this before, but there is a, just a platform called Ingram Spark, I-N-G-R-A-M Spark, that you can put your book up onto in both ebook and paperback forms. And there are return policies available to you. You have to kind of walk through that and some pricing and distribution things, but then it becomes a way that you can actually offer your book through big box stores like Barnes and Noble, but even mom and pop stores that want to return saying, I'm not going to buy 25 books and then have them sit on my shelf for five years. I need a return policy for that. And so it safeguards them and it gives you a way to get into their stores. So Ingram Spark is a way to go besides Amazon that broadens the number of people who will want to market your books. Another free way, freeway, not a highway, but a free way to market your books is when you upload your book through the Amazon platform, which is called KDP, you get a bookshelf of your books and there are reports on there, you know, of what is selling and on what medium is selling and how many Kindle pages have been read and all that you get. So it keeps track of all your sales and things for you gives you some analytics. But there's also a little part besides your bookshelf and your report, and there's a little tab called marketing. If you press that marketing tab on your KDP page, it will open up several different options for you. There are some promotions. You can do Amazon ads through them, which takes a little bit of research and know-how, but that is available through there. They will help you set up an author central page which you should do. You should have an author central page for Amazon so that people, you know, click on you as an author and they get a little bit of a bio about you and your picture and they can follow you even through Amazon. And setting that up is all free. 
there's another, another little button on there that is pretty interesting, and it's called A plus content. It's also on that same page, A plus content. And if you scroll down on a book that you want to buy in Amazon, a paperback or a hardback, you can see that sometimes there is this um, section, if you keep scrolling down and looking at things, there's a section that says like from the publisher. And it's all about the author. It's about their other books. It sometimes has a little comparison chart if there's a series or of pictures and those sorts of things. And that's all A plus content. And it's not really from the publisher, unless, of course, you consider yourself the publisher, which you are. So you can go in there and build it. It's sort of like building a website, but you can put whatever content you want in there. And it looks professional and it's free advertising about not just that book, whatever, but whatever other books you have available, whatever other things you have coming up in the process, things, personal things and a picture. And anyway, it gives a, it's like a free little, actually kind of big uh, banner that speaks about who you are and what your products are. So check that out, A plus content, and it's free. That's pretty nice. I've also connected through um, Square Tree Publishing. They offer different packages of marketing. So putting you out into some different spaces that perhaps that you don't have personal connections with. So it does cost you a little bit of money, of course, to invest into a marketing package. And one of the things that I've done through Square Tree this time is they have connected me with a podcast broker. And this podcast broker is shopping my book around to various podcasts that are uh, fiction-based, uh, book-based, Christian books, all sorts of different podcasts that center around book people. So I have done, I think I've done four so far, and I paid for a total of seven so that they are finding me podcasters who are looking for people to interview to put their content and out to their listeners. And that's been really, uh, that's been really fun. I've really enjoyed that. I've done podcasts with a woman from Indiana, um, a man from Ontario, Canada, a woman who lives in Germany, and another one in California. <laughs> and those have been really, really, um, really very enjoyable. And every time I do them, I notice I get a little bump in sales, but, you know, which is great. But it also is like, it's, it's out there now. And anybody who listens to their podcasts or stumbles upon them whenever, they will, they'll be able to go back and um, access those interviews and find out a little bit more about me, a little bit more about my process and about the books I've written. I think podcasting is a pretty great way to go about doing that. So the most recent podcast I did with a gentleman named David Campbell out of Canada, and it's called Living the Next Chapter Podcast. And that episode has not yet come out, but it will be out shortly, Living the Next Chapter. He also puts his podcast up on YouTube. So you can watch the interview also, which is a nice way to do that. I have one out with a woman named Diane Burkhart. It's called Book Banter. Uh, and that episode came out in July, Book Banter with Diane Burkhart. I did another episode with a woman named Anne Harrison. Uh, that came out in June. And her podcast is called Inspirational Journeys, Stories That Matter. And then I did a fun one with um, Shatona Havoc, who is a Christian author as well. 
and her podcast is called the Because Fiction Podcast. And my episode came out with her on July 4th with that. So those are all episodes you can go back and listen to. It's sort of a fun way to get your stuff out there to a whole different spectrum of people and demographics that you would not know otherwise. So that's it. That's kind of what I've got. <laughs> it's an ongoing journey. You know, I, I've i been invited to book clubs. I love doing that and just interacting with readers, do a few little book signings. I haven't done anything big and splashy about that, but I'm just continuing to get my book out in front of people. And honestly, I give away a lot of books. With my first book, I actually felt like I was, I gave away a hundred books as quickly as I could. And then both my husband and I heard from the Lord give away a thousand. So we gave away a thousand books. And (laughs) I know that sounds a little crazy, but it was, it took over a year to do because uh, we wanted to hand them to people and put them into different places. And so I had, I kept a list of all the people that we gave books to. It became quite a challenge, actually. There were some Saturdays where I thought, oh my goodness, I haven't given a book away this week. And I would go around to little free libraries in my city and just put a book in <laughs> because that's what they're for, they're libraries. So I did that. I left them in, uh, airplanes or airports. Uh, I gave away things on, you know, the Goodreads a hundred at a time. That was helpful, but actually being very intentional about giving books away. And it sort of freed me up from feeling proprietary about it and, and uh, holding it too close, like being pretty open-handed about my books. And now I've, I have great joy in just giving my books away because it, I don't know, it's a, it's a gift and people treasure it, but it also is like, who knows where that will go? Who knows from the wonder of books is that they get handed off and handed off and you never know. You don't really have much control where they go. You might be at a beach in August of 2023 and pick up a book that was written in 1577. (laughs) I think that's a wonderful, beautiful thing. So just get your books out there. Just don't quit. Find different avenues. Keep your eyes open. And I should have said this very first of all, build yourself a website. Build yourself a website that just is you, yourname.com. WendyJoeCerna.com is my website. And that becomes the central spoke of your marketing wheel, as it were, because you can always point people back to your website. And don't make it about one specific book or another, because when you might write more than one book, you just keep adding it to your website. Or you might not write more books, but you might want to be a blogger, or you might want to be a podcaster, or you might want to be a painter or a dancer or whatever it is. You can always just add that to your website that is already about you anyway, and the things that you are creating. So building a website, I did mine myself, didn't know I could, just watched a little YouTube how-to, followed a couple different people who were building them and thought, huh, if they can do this, I can do this. And I built my own website. And the beauty of that is that now I know how to go in and update it put my new books on or new promotions or new pictures. I can do that myself. I don't have to pay somebody else to do the upkeep on my website. It's not rocket science. If if I can do it, you can do it. But that is a very central, perhaps the first thing you should build if you're going to. And if you need to pay somebody, 
I would say pay somebody. There's a lot of really good templates out there and things that don't cost very much anymore to just get a website up and active and get a little business card. And then you have a website that you can refer people to. And you put links in there that goes directly to Amazon or wherever your books are selling. I put my podcast episodes up on there. I put a few little personal things up on there. I put promotions up on there. It's a central hub for your marketing. So there you go. That would be number one, actually, that I put at the very tail end of this. Oh, well, sometimes we save the best things for last, right? Speaking of last, that's it for episode 15, season one of So God Told You to Write a Book, Now What? I hope that's been helpful to you. I sure love and appreciate you. Blessings and peace. Shalom, shalom. Shalom.